Support for The Bittersweet Life comes from our listeners. This week, I want to thank Kate in Moses Lake. Thank you so much for your generous contribution to the show. When the new year begins, so does a huge pile of bills. The annual bills roll in right as the clock turns to a new year. Help us face those big, big bills that start us off every year and give us a donation. Think of it as buying us a Christmas present, a cup of coffee, a dinner out, a little thank you. Help keep this show running if you love it. There are links to donate in the show notes through PayPal or on Patreon.com. Regular donors will be invited to a virtual online gathering in early January. Thanks so much for supporting the show. Welcome to Rome. This is The Bittersweet Life with Katie Sewell and Tiffany Parks. Hello, this is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell. I'm Tiffany Parks. And today, we are heading into the holiday week if you're celebrating Christmas. And because of that, we thought we'd do a fun little experiment where we are going to name some of people's favorite Christmas movies. And we're going to try to figure out a great place in Rome to visit if that's your favorite movie. Is that essentially what we're doing? That's it. Now, Katie, you and I were batting back and forth Christmas episode ideas. And, you know, this is our, what, eighth Christmas, ninth Christmas, eighth Christmas doing this show. You know, sometimes those Christmas ideas can start wearing a little bit thin. What have we done? What haven't we done? And it reminded me of working for the magazine, Wear magazine that I have been writing for for many years. And it was the same thing. It was the same exact thing. Every single year, my colleague and I, my co-writer, Alexandra Bruzzese, would be like, how are we going to come up with a new way to talk about Christmas in Rome? And I honestly don't know which one of us had this brilliant idea of taking these holiday movies and coming up with something to do in Rome if this is your movie. So you tell me your favorite Christmas movie, I'll tell you what to do if you're in Rome on Christmas. And so we decided to write the article together. So I want to give props to Alexandra Bruzzese for coming up with half of these ideas. And maybe, Katie, you and I can come up with even more. Yes, because, of course, some people will not be in Rome. So maybe we can go farther reaching. This is something that's available all year. Or at least any place. It's all going to be sort of Christmas-inspired stuff, but you can do this almost anywhere. Okay. So we're going to start with Home Alone. You know, Katie... I got to tell you, I watched Home Alone this past week for the first time with Aurelio. Oh my gosh, it was so much fun watching it with a little kid who'd never seen it. Like he was losing it, rolling around laughing. It was so great. It was just reminding me what a great film that is, especially like the first time you see it. Well, for all of these movies, just in case people listening have not seen it, I've pulled just a little clip from either the trailer or part of the movie. So with each one of these, we're gonna give you a little taste of the movie too. So let's do a little taste of Home Alone. When the McAllister family left on their Christmas vacation. Did we miss the flight? No, you just made it. They forgot one small thing. Have yourself. I've had a terrible feeling. Did you lock up? Do we set the timers on the lights? Mm Mm-hmm. What else could we be forgetting? Our troubles will be ours. Kevin! Ah! Home Alone. 
Okay, so Home Alone. Let's say it's Aurelio's favorite movie. What should he do in Rome? Well, okay, so the, the idea is, it's not so much this is your favorite movie. It's more like this is the movie that you identify with. Okay. So the idea is you're, you're alone on Christmas. Mm. Okay, if you're in Rome alone or anywhere alone on Christmas, what should you do? The first thought I had was you should treat yourself. You don't have to waste any money on gifts for anybody else. So spoil yourself. And if you're in Rome, you want to spoil yourself generally by eating really, really well. Mm-hmm. There's only one three-star Michelin restaurant in Rome, and that is La Pergola. That's it. That's the number one fanciest, most expensive, supposedly the best restaurant in the city. So if you are in Christmas on your own and you want to splash out, La Pergola is the place. Or you can go to the spa And I think that's something wonderful to do when you're on your own. Pamper yourself completely. And there's a a lot of great spas in Rome. One of the best is the QC Terme, which is on Via Portuense. But there's, you just have to look around and there's lots of them in the big hotels. Yeah. Is there anything different about a spa in Italy versus a spa in some other country? Do they do anything particularly unique? The Italians are very into the water treatments. Mm. Not all the spas, obviously, but some of the spas will have like the hot and cold baths or the thermal waters. That's especially the case if you go down to like places like Ischia. But even in Rome, you, you can find some spas that have the thermal waters and they're supposed to be very good for your health. And then, of course, massage and mud bath and like also the mud. A lot of, you know, Italy, the soil is it's a volcanic part of the world. They have, you know, the volcanic mud that's extremely good for your skin I think the spa quality is very, very high in Italy in general. And I would say that, I don't know what, if it has any star rating, but the best restaurant that I ever ate at in Rome was Arlu, which you recommended. Ah, uh, Arlu. Which is up by St. Peter's. It's the only good place to eat in that entire area, as far as I could tell from my experimentation. It's on Borgo Pio, if anyone wants to. Exact location, it's on Borgo Pio. Yes, A-R-L-U. Mm-hmm. Say you're friends with Tiffany if you go there, because I've been going there for, oof, 20 years, maybe. Uh No, not 20 years, 15 years. So good, so good. (laughs) Have you ever been alone on Christmas? Kind of. I felt alone on Christmas. Mm. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Haven't we all, though? Like, I'm sure everybody can say that they felt alone on Christmas. But the most alone on Christmas I've ever been was my first Christmas in Rome. And the only reason I had somewhere to go on Christmas Eve because I famously had no friends my first year in Rome, remember? Yes, yes, of course. Who was I going to spend Christmas with? I had made friends with some people at this local pub that I would go to, the Abbey Theater. And they kindly, like, it was like literally like the expat bartenders and waitresses who were like, okay, Tiffany, like, you can come to our friend's Christmas meal because none of them had family there either. And I totally, like, just inserted myself and went along with them and then the day after, which was Christmas Day, I went to my um, Italian relatives and they treated me so horribly, horribly. I mean, they were so mean to me. Do you have an example? I don't want to go into it. It's, it's traumatic for me. Okay, let's stick to our holiday theme. Our second movie is this one. Yes, go. He thinks you're Santa Claus. I am. 
If this court finds that Mr. Kringle is not who he says he is, then I would ask the court to judge which is worse, a lie that draws a smile or a truth that draws a tear. This season, Miracle on 34th Street. Yeah, do you like this movie, Katie? Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's been a long time since I've seen it. And the version I pulled the clip from, just because I would have pulled the version from the 40s, but I pulled the more modern one, just because the 40s trailer was just a bunch of music uh. <laughs> <laughs> and words on a screen, which doesn't really work very well on the radio. So I had to pull a little smattering of clips from a newer version than that old one. But I don't even know that I've seen the newer one. I have seen the old one, though. I've seen the old one many, uh, numerous times, but I feel like if you love Miracle on 34th Street, that movie is all about Santa. It's the magic of Santa. Yep. My advice to people who love that movie is to go see Santa. It's not maybe as easy to find Santa in Rome, but the one we go to, it's Porta di Roma Mall. It's a big mall sort of on the outskirts of the city. The Porta di Roma Mall has a really, really great authentic Santa who, he's like a genuine old man with white whiskers. It's the real deal. When I see him, I always feel like he is Santa because, I mean, he is Santa, but we've been going there since Aurelio was three months old. I don't know. We have the same Santa. And I mean, that's totally typical in America, I think. But in Italy, it's harder to find like a place that has like the same guy every single year. I feel like it would be exceedingly rare to find a place where it was the same guy year after year. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. So then this is rare. I mean, I was never one to visit Santa as a kid. Ah. Getting a picture with Santa Claus was not something that my family did. But I've seen plenty of pictures of my friends' children with Santa Claus and Year after year, I don't think it's ever the same guy. I feel like it's just whoever was hired that year. Yeah. So it's interesting to me that there would be the same guy for you every single year. Yeah. I don't know if maybe he's just somebody who like, you know, he's retired and he knows somebody who asked him to do it as a favor and every year he just does it. I'm not sure, but he is a great Santa. Or maybe he is the real Santa and the real Santa shows up to Rome every year for whatever reason. It's his it's his snowbird getaway. <laughs> <laughs> Since it's so much more temperate in Rome. Yes. Also, if you love Santa, I always suggest people go to the San Nicola Church on Via dei Prefetti. I think it's called San Nicola dei Prefetti is the full name of the church. Not that far from Piazza Navona. This church is dedicated to the original St. Nicholas, who was a Greek bishop in the third century, who became famous for his acts of charity towards poor and orphan children. And so part of the Santa Claus myth, because, you know, Santa Claus, like so many holiday myths, is taken a bit here, a bit there, a bit here. But I think the origin of Santa Claus, you know, Saint Nicolaus, Claus, comes from Saint Nicholas. I believe that, I'd have to look up the exact story, but he resurrected three babies from death. That was one of his many miracles. After passing years, he sort of morphed into a little elf. But originally he was a bishop, a Greek Orthodox bishop from the third century. And so you can see a painting of him by Giacomo Triga, which is supposedly like, you know, the actual, like before Coca-Cola got a hold of the Santa Claus myth, like this is actually what St. Nicholas would have looked like. Yeah, I love it. 
All right, well, let's move on to the next one, which is this one. The Grinch hated Christmas, the whole Christmas season. Oh, please don't ask why. No one quite knows the reason. I must find some way to keep Christmas from coming. You're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. You really are a hero. I love this one. Absolutely love it. It's like not Christmas for me if I don't see the Grinch. Of course, the the animated one is just oh, it's brilliant. As far back as you can remember seeing a Christmas special on television, it's this one. And of course, it's got some old-time radio stars voices in it, so I like it for that reason as well. So, if you really really love the Grinch, well, if you really love the Grinch or if you are a Grinch, really, you know, <laughs> if if you're ah. if you are not into Christmas, how do you get into the Christmas spirit when you kind of feel like you hate Christmas? Uh-huh. Some people do. Not everybody's into Christmas. So I always suggest if you're in Rome to go to the Rome Gospel Festival that happens every year at uh, the Auditorium Parco della Musica. And they get some seriously big names performing. They've got the Harlem Gospel Choir and a number of others that I won't, I can't sort of mention off the top of my head, but they have maybe like seven or eight nights or more of gospel concerts with some pretty big names. And they also have like a big Christmas Day concert and a New Year's Eve concert. It's super fun. It's, um, they're all Americans. Every single choir is from America. It's like the real deal. And I think that that's a great way to get into the the Christmas spirit is to listening to live gospel music, especially like, you know, very high quality gospel music. And right outside, they set up a little Christmas village at the Auditorium PDM, which is a great part of the city to go to. It's kind of like a little music village. It's not in the center of the city. It's in the Flaminio area, but it's, it's pretty easy to get to on public transport. It's just got this wonderful music bookshop but it's not just music. It's got a lot of books, but it's kind of music themed. And it's got this big piazza where in the Christmas time, they set up a skating rink and they've got these three auditoriums that are just totally modern. It's like, you don't think you're in Rome. You feel like you're in, I don't know, Berlin or something because it's so modern there. It's so interesting. And they've got a little Christmas market that they set up. Now, how much they're going to, how much they've got going on this year, I'm not sure because I haven't been down there this year, but I think it's a really great way to get into the Christmas spirit in Rome. I love it. Or anywhere you where you are, go try to find some really good music. Although, you know, to be honest, that might be kind of hard in this uh, COVID situation to find. It's a good idea to keep in mind for the future. For sure. And in case you were curious for that animated version of, if you're wondering who that great voice of the Grinch is. Can I guess? Boris Karloff. Is that right? That's right. So Frankenstein, better known as Frankenstein, Boris Karloff is the voice of that. All right, well, let's move on. We are moving on now to perhaps one of the, if not How the Grinch Stole Christmas, perhaps one of the most famous movies that came out of Hollywood's golden age. Let's listen to a clip. Mary, I know what I'm going to do tomorrow and the next day and next year and the year after that. I'm shaking the dust of this crummy little town off my feet and I'm going to see the world. p.m. Earth time. That man will be thinking seriously of throwing away God's greatest gift. Good idea, Ernie. A toast. (laughs) To my big brother, George, the richest man in town. (laughs) 
That's right. That's right. Not a boy clown. Do you like this movie, Katie? Because this one is like, I think people love it or hate it. It's so funny. I, You know how it's just always on television, right? Mm-hmm. It, it used to be anyway. I don't have cable television anymore. But it used to be that if you turned on TV and you just flick through the channels quickly during the month of December, you would come across this movie. And so I spent years just watching fragments of this film, you know, and seeing the end over and over and over again and never really seeing the beginning or the middle. And... A few years ago, I finally watched the whole thing. And I like this movie a lot, actually. I really do. It chokes me up. No matter how many times I've seen that that ending, I mean, what's nicer than imagining you in a packed room of your friends, they're all there lending you a hand, and they're saying, let's hear it for the greatest man in town. I mean, which one of us wouldn't want something <laughs> like that to happen? No, I, I love it too. I love the end. But I find the first half so long and tedious. Mm. And I think that they could have edited it. I mean, here I am like giving, you know, critiquing like one of the most famous movies of all time. The first half is way too long. I get that those moments need to be there. Like the moment where he, you know, saves his brother and the moment where, you know, he meets his future wife and their courtship and uh, how, you know, he's going to build bridges or whatever and he doesn't and he stays home because he's kids. And I get that that's important. That's setting up his character. But it's too long. Yeah. It's just too long. I have forced boyfriends to watch it with me in the past. They always are so... And, I kinda, and I'm kind of like looking at them and I'm like, you know what? You have a point. <laughs> this is freaking long and boring until it gets to the good part. It doesn't really get good until he's in the snowstorm and he wants, he's trying to kill himself. Then it gets good. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's true. I'm not going to deny that because frankly, like I said, I, I've basically seen the ending over and over again. So when I think about what is that movie, I think of it as the end. Which is interesting, because normally with stories, you don't think of it as what happens at the very end. That's also an unusual thing with a lot of old Hollywood movies, is they kind of climax, and then it's over. Mm -hmm. Rather than what we do now, is we climax it, and then we take it down a notch. Yeah, we have a a denouement. Yeah, then it's over. But they are always like, we're at the height of the storyline right now, and the end and it's probably very interesting to them i used to know more of the history of this movie but i think it was probably interesting to them that this was a film that caught on as much as it did Mm -hmm. i also really like jimmy stewart so yeah me too me too yeah so what are we gonna do if we love it's a wonderful life well we are gonna volunteer on christmas we're going to help others so in Rome, I know there's a, um, a community called the Comunità di Sant'Egidio, Sant'Egidio community. It's a Catholic community, but they do lots of good works in the community and they you know, help feed low-income families and homeless people. And, uh, and so I know that they organize a Christmas banquet. You could uh, ideally go and, uh, and volunteer there, but you don't have to be in Rome to do that. So wherever you are, if you love It's a Wonderful Life, if it makes you feel warm and fuzzy... That could be a new Christmas tradition. I like it. All right, a couple more. Here is our next movie. Welcome to an extraordinary world filled with magic and wonder. Jack Skellington. I am the Pumpkin King! Dreams of something different. 
What is this? What's this? What's this? There's color everywhere. What's this? There's white things in the air. What's this? I can't believe my eyes. I must be dreaming. Wake up, Jack. This isn't fair. What is this? The Nightmare Before Christmas. And what did Santa bring you, honey? The Nightmare Before Christmas, not one a lot of people would think of, I don't think. Uh, I don't know. I wonder if this is one that's caught on as much in the public mind when you think about what should we watch around Christmas time. To be honest, Katie, I've never seen the movie all the way through. I've seen, like you, you were talking about, snatches of it. Is this a Christmas movie or a Halloween movie? I don't know. Maybe both. It's both. Yeah. And it got me thinking, you know, some people... A lot of people love Christmas. It's their favorite holiday, but a lot of people prefer Halloween. True. So I thought if you're more of a Halloween person and by Christmas you're like over the holidays, you could go to the Capuchin Crypt. Mm -hmm. I wrote about this in our newsletter, in our November newsletter. If you are not signed up for our newsletter, contact us through our contact page and we will get you on the list. Yes, or you could visit thebittersweetlife.net and a little pop-up box will pop up eventually if you surf around. Yes, absolutely. Or you can just email us. Email us at bittersweetlifepodcast at gmail.com. We only send out newsletters once a month, so you will not be spammed, I promise you. If you don't know the Capuchin Crypt in Rome, it is an underground series of about four chapels, four or five chapels, completely decorated in human bones. It is the kind of place that you have to actually go there before you can really understand what it's like. Describing it will not do it justice. Yes, it is truly stunning to see in person because it's not just when you say decorated in human bones. I mean, they've basically put together dioramas that are built out of human beings' remains. And some of them are full skeletons standing up and wearing costumes. Some of it is like a chandelier that's built out of human femurs. It's really a, a very unique, odd experience to see. Yes, there's like moldings, decorative moldings along the ceiling that are made of collarbones or... Yeah, spinal column bones. Vertebrae, yeah. It, it is a bizarre place, very bizarre. And when Katie says costumes, she doesn't mean like... Somebody's Victorian. <laughs> oh, somebody's <a> costume. <laughs> yes, <laughs> no. They all wear monks cassocks monks robes except there is one that is dressed like as the grim reaper it's a pretty freaky place so if you like freaky stuff more than christmas stuff so when you think about what you might want to do with your body <laughs> yes donate it to a good cause <laughs> could become art it's almost worth going to rome for and luckily there's like so much else in rome to see yes but it is so strange if it was just more like if there were more rooms I think it would just be one of those things that's on like the top seven things you have to see in Rome instead of as it is where it's almost kind of a secret. Yeah. Like if it's a whole palace built of bones. <laughs> oh God. Everybody would be there first thing. But it is very impressive and eerie. And just for numbers, it's, it's something like the bones of 5,000 monks. Yeah. As well. The numbers are crazy. Okay. So love actually. This will be Hugh Grant. Liam Neeson, Colin Firth, Laura Linney, Emma Thompson, Alan Rickman, Rowan Atkinson, Kira Knightley. Christmas is the time to be with the people you love. This holiday season, all you need is love, actually. Are you seeing carols? I suppose I could. He's 13. 
Good King Winceslas looked out on the feast of I love Love Actually. So good. You know, it's interesting. I rewatched Love Actually, I think, last year or the year before. I don't know that it holds up. Really? I gotta say, I thought it was so charming when I saw it in the theater back in the day. And now I watched it and I was like, there's a lot of things in here that are a little bit... mm." Like? Just because the culture has shifted so much, there are some things in it that are a little bit questionable now. Like what? I'm curious. Well, I mean, how would people feel about the prime minister now having this romantic love affair with basically his assistant. Yeah. The culture, especially as it kind of re-examines, the, at least in America, the Bill Clinton, Monica Lewinsky thing, it just isn't as kosher anymore, I don't think. Uh, I'm trying to think. There were a few things like that that stood out where I thought, huh, hmm. that, that just reads so differently now than it did when the movie came out. Interesting. I'll have to rewatch it. But anyway, you love this film. I know tons of people who love this film. Are we in love with love if this is our favorite film for Christmas time? It's for people who are newly in love, celebrating Christmas, maybe the first Christmas with their new love Mm -hmm. batch. You know, Rome is a very romantic place. You can't deny that. And I think the most romantic restaurant in the city is Casa Copelle. It's a French-Italian restaurant, so the cuisine is just a little bit different from what you get at a regular Italian restaurant, but it's very good. It's a bit fancy, but it's so romantic. First of all, it's covered in paintings. There are portraits on the walls in gorgeous frames. So automatic, you almost feel like you're in an art gallery. Um, And there are booths, like there's a long booth all the way along each wall with, you know, a table in front of it on each side. But there are also these sort of like little alcoves in the back. They're in the main room, but they're just kind of separate. Like they've got like a little, almost like a curtain around them. It doesn't close. It's not like you're in total privacy, but it's very intimate and just lovely and beautiful. And it's so rich. Like that's the word that really comes to mind when I think of the decor of that restaurant. Deep crimson colored painted walls and gold accents, and just beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. And where is it? It's in Piazza delle Copelle, which is not far from Piazza Navona. And there's another place I recommend, which is a lot less expensive, which is just a wine bar. It's called Il Piccolo, the little, (laughs) the little one. And it's on Via del Governo Vecchio. And Via del Governo Vecchio, which runs from Piazza Navona towards sort of in the direction of Castel Sant'Angelo. That street is always very well decorated for Christmas. It's one of the streets that probably does the most Christmas lights, at least of the smaller sort of side streets. Any time of year, it's a great street to stroll. It's just one of those lovely winding Roman streets that are fun to stroll. And there's lots of places to stop to shop or to get a coffee or a glass of wine. We stroll down that street all the time anyway, but at Christmas time, it's just, it's, it's very nicely decorated. And there's this little wine bar called Il Piccolo that is so intimate and it's not fancy or anything. I don't know. It's so warm and cozy and going there in wintertime with a glass of wine with your sweetheart is just, it's just super, super cozy. And I think romantic. And they also have mold wine. They make their own mold wine every Christmas. And they actually sell it outside as well. Like they'll have like a big pot of it outside. So if, if you don't feel like stopping and going into the wine bar, you can just get a little plastic cup of it 
and continue on your walk down the street with a glass of mulled wine. I was thinking, actually, because, of course, you're listening to this show and maybe you're thinking, oh, my gosh, I want to remember that romantic restaurant for the next time I'm in Rome. But you don't actually have a pen because you're out walking the dog right now. Well, (laughs) I was thinking that what we could do is we could make these locations a part of our newsletter this next month good idea and so if you sign up for the newsletter then you'll have all of these locations and where they are in one list that you can save until you get a chance to be in rome brilliant idea katie so yes now you must sign up for our newsletter yes all right we got (laughs) one more movie this is a christmas story what do you want for christmas little boy my mind had gone blank. Frantically, I tried to remember what it was I wanted. I was blowing it, blowing it. How about a nice uh, football? 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 What's a football? <laughs> no, no, I want an official red under combination to get rid of my lead rifle. You'll shoot your eye out, kid. Merry Christmas. Ho, ho, ho. Okay, so a movie that's hearkening back. To our youth? No, before oh, our before. youth. But, <laughs> way before our youth. But not way, way before the youth of many people listening. So what do we make of this story, well, <laughs> this movie? This uh, movie inspired me to... Um, I thought, okay, if this is your favorite movie, it's because there's some you have a dream. Mm. You have a dream gift. There is something that you really, really want. Right? He wants that BB gun. Yes, he does. You know, he wants that BB gun so bad. So I thought, you know, some of us out there, we really, you know, that's what Christmas is. There's something that we want and we want it really bad. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and so yes. I suggest where to shop if you have a very big gift on or important gift on your list. So we've got the Apple Store. They just opened an Apple Store in Piazza San Silvestro, the first Mm. one in the center of Rome. So that's kind of a big deal. Then there's the Ducati showroom. Ducati, of course, they sell those famous Italian motorcycles. There's that on uh, Via Foro Italico. Mm. Then there's Via Condotti, Katie. Via Condotti is where, if you like high fashion, that's where you got to go. That's where you're going to find your Burberry rain jacket. (laughs) That's where you're going to find your Prada power suit or your Louis Vuitton purse, whatever it is, whatever your dream, because I think every woman has her, and men too, but I think every woman has her like dream item. If anybody ever says to me, what is it that you want? I'm going to buy it for you. I want the Louis Vuitton purse, or I want the Burberry jacket, or I want the Hermes scarf, or I want the, you know, Christian Louboutin, how you pronounce it, shoes. <laughs> What's yours? What's yours, Katie? Do you have one? Do you have a dream thing? No, no. Nope. <laughs> Take me somewhere lovely. Take me somewhere new. That's always my dream. I don't have any desire for any particular fashion or item. Well, is yours the same as it always has been that you want an Hermes scarf? Well, Hermes scarf was always my dream uh, until I got one. I have a number of Hermes scarves because my husband knows that that is is my ideal gift for any occasion. It's what I love. And the great thing about the Hermes scarf is that it will last forever. I mean, it will last for your whole lifetime for sure. And probably at least one more generation. It will never go out of style. 
it won't wear out because a silk scarf doesn't wear out like a pair of shoes or a handbag wears out. And it's also art. So if you decide, you know, you don't want to wear it, there are ways you can actually like display it in your home as art. And you can wear it in a million different ways. You can wear it in your hair. You can wear it as a belt. You can wear it as a shirt. You can wear it as a scarf. You can wear it on your purse. You can wear it in any way. It's like the most versatile thing. And it could take a pair of jeans. I'm doing a commercial for Hermes right now. Sorry. You can take... <laughs> Sponsor us, please. Yeah. <laughs> please. Uh, you could take a pair of jeans and a white t-shirt and turn it into such a great look with just that one accessory. So for me, there's nothing but an Hermes scarf. But since it's no longer something that I feel is almost unattainable, I do own some. For me, like the... This is when I will have arrived item like this, like when I can go out and buy this, then I know I will have arrived. And that for me is the Burberry raincoat. Good to know. Just in case anyone is listening and you know, you want to, you want to send me a Christmas present. Let us know that this podcast has been successful in your life by buying Tiffany this raincoat. (laughs) And for me, you can just send me the money and I'll send a kid to school in Cambodia or something. Uh, (laughs) Oh, Katie, now you make me look bad. You make me look like a vain, superficial, materialistic woman. No, not at all. Well, I would say that if I was thinking of the movie A Christmas Story, that it would be more like you're into storytelling and or humor. Humor, yeah. Because it's written in a very raconteur kind of, you know, it's got a storyteller overlapping the action. And I would say in that take, if you're interested in in storytelling, I think the best place to go in Rome might be the uh, Keats Shelley Museum, Mm. just because it's a combination of both the writing of those writers, but also mixed with the sort of drama of their lives. And it's tiny and overlooked. Mm -hmm. It's not going to blow your socks off, but... I don't know. It feels like an origin of a storytelling kind of place. You're right. You're right. That's a good idea. Maybe it's because the first time I ever went there, you and I went and saw an author speak there. That's right. And who basically told us a story. Oh, it was so good. Well, that was very fun. Very interesting. And remember, if you want all those locations written down so you can save it to take it to Rome with you next time you get to go, sign up for our newsletter. And yeah, and we also try to offer some tidbits uh, about Rome once a month and also not just that but uh, a little peek into our own personal lives and we will share things each of us every month that we don't necessarily share on the show that's so true in fact a lot of you wrote after we did the ideas show about how we get ideas and a lot of the time in the newsletter we each we basically tiffany writes some amazing article about for instance last month she talked about the capuchin monk this attraction that we were just talking about but in detail like the history of it and much more detailed pictures etc but then we often we each write our own individual note and oftentimes those notes are exactly that ideas we're having things we've read that we found interesting or inspiring or fascinating So it is kind of a peek into the uh, creative generative process. Yeah. All right. And until next time, have a wonderful holiday, regardless of what you're celebrating. I hope you find some time to feel warm and fuzzy in some way this year. And until next time, this is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell. I'm Tiffany Parks. Join us again. Bye. Support the show by wearing a Bittersweet Life t-shirt or socks or even a Bittersweet Life face mask. 
We have merch, and you might find your new favorite mug by visiting thebittersweetlife.net. Click on support to explore the merch catalog. And have fun!